0: The Provoke Podcast, brought to you by Provoke Media and produced by the international broadcast specialist, Marketeers.
1: This is Maureen Lippy. I am founder and chairman of Lippey I'm so happy that you're joining us today, but I'm even more thrilled that I have my good buddy and really good friend and former colleague with me, Barry Rafferty, who is head of communications and brand management at Wells Fargo. Barry, it is so good to see you. I haven't seen you in so long. I can't believe it's been two years and we've talked, but we haven't really seen one another, which is really hard um, for me not to see you. It's been way too long, but way certainly long. It, it's been a crazy ride. God, it's been, I, nobody could imagine that we would have so much uncertainty and fear in the last two years um, between lost jobs and, you know, ch- just everything that's been going on in not only our work lives but also in our in our personal lives at home, and certainly you got such a really important job and so much responsibility at Wells Fargo, and and I too at, at Lippy Taylor. I had So many people just hoping that we make the right decisions, that we you know were able to imbue trust and, and respect and understanding, all those good things that people need during a time like this. I guess. It's really empathy and kindness, um, and making really choice decisions. But as you and I have talked about, what does leadership look like post-pandemic? And of course, the you know the thing that's on everybody's minds is the big return. Well, how do we return? You know, what is the best way? What's going to work out? Um, so I'm just so happy that I have this chance to talk to you um, because it's it's very convoluted and and people are really concerned. With um how it's all going to net out, and unfortunately, nobody has the answer. You know we're all in this together. some people have made initial decisions, but I would say whatever any company is going to do, they need to do it fast, and they need to let their people know soon because we're all concerned. but a couple of questions that I want to jump into to get to get your take on, and then I'll talk a little bit about you know my feeling about it, but I really want to get your take because. You represent so many people at Wells Fargo and have so many big decisions to make. But with staff working from home for almost two years now, leadership is probably more difficult than it's, than it's ever been. How do we keep employees engaged? How do we maintain that strong culture that, that makes them feel like they belong to an important company? Um, and Barry, I'm just curious as to what you've seen and what we're thinking about to keep your employees engaged would just love to get a sense. I mean, certainly empathy and leadership yeah. with empathy is important and communicating is important, but what are the things are you seeing that that is helping you keep the staff together and feeling like you're committed to them as is the company?
0: Well, we've had so many discussions about that Maureen in house as well. Right. And the question is, you know, it is the great quit, the great reshuffle, whatever you call it. And so we've talked about a couple things. One is what we call stay interviews, is how do you really spend time with people understanding their career goals? And can we make opportunities and create opportunities. Sometimes that's learning and developing new skills that they want to learn. Sometimes it's changing their job in-house. I'm thrilled to say a lot of our open positions this past year have gone almost half to internal candidates. So we're moving people around to create opportunity. And then we're also going back and returning to office in a much more hybrid, flexible manner. And I think that working with people. We do believe at Wells Fargo, there's a lot of value for being together and spending time and collaborating. And the fact that you and I haven't seen each other for two years, right, we miss that human interaction and ability to create together and do things together. But we also all have embraced this ability to work from home and be really productive from home and have some of that flexibility. And so I think to create that right combination is going to be critical um, as people return to make sure that you're creating individual, personalized career maps for people to build their career and do things in unique ways that are going to keep them
1: engaged. But it's mm-hmm. not easy. No, it's not easy. And I think if if our people feel like our brand has a purpose, I think that's really important. Um, they feel like they belong to, they belong to a company that's really important. That sense of belonging. I also think that as, as a part of leadership at Lippy Taylor, what we're trying to do is make sure that the leadership team really communicates very closely with the staff. We have lots of meetings. We have staff meetings every other week, just that I think connecting is just so important. I think also not looking at our people just from a work perspective but from what are the family constraints you know what are they living with what is life like and really if we're communicating properly we know what's going on and as we always say you know take care of yourself but take care of each other i mean i think that is so important with so many employees resistant i mean there's a lot of employees that just do not want to go back to the office how do we navigate it properly. So we keep people excited and we make sure that they, you know, they, many of them are excited and want to rejoin their colleagues. They want to go back to work a lot. I would say it's probably, I mean, 50, 50 people that want to go back versus people that really want to work from home. And I understand both sides and there is no answer, but we'll figure it out again. As I said, we're, you know, we're in it together, but how do we do that? How do we, how do we make both sides feel like they're being heard, and they're and they're and they're pretty much getting what they want. I think you know, as an industry, we're very hardwired um, to be together, to collaborate on strategy, on creative, on innovation, all those things that drive our industry. But how do we really appease those people that no, no, I, I have to work from home. I don't want to commute. You know, commuting is so much a part of people not wanting to come back to work. How do we kind of get instill in them the trust and to come back or not come back as the case may be but clearly everybody wants more people to come back so how do we how do we how do what what are the answers what are you thinking
0: so some of the things we're thinking about one is we're being very careful to say it's returned to office because people have been working the whole time right so Back to work is, it's almost like, oh, I'm killing myself even when I'm at home. So I think some of the nomenclature is going to be key. But we're also talking a lot about when you ask people to be in the office, then what are the things that are happening that enable that collaboration, right? We're creating more open workspaces and what we're calling neighborhoods. So people actually work with across public affairs, which is our team, you will be with government relations and community relations and people you might not have sat with before and more settings that enable work together and meetings. But we're also saying when people come in and you ask them to come in, then make sure those days are days when there is interaction and there is reasons to be in that office. And some of that may be social, some of that may be business, um, things that you can do as you're talking about creative brainstorming, strategy sessions, right? things like that. Because I think the worst thing to do is have people come in and then they sit in their cubes and are back on Zoom every day. And they're saying why was it worth the commute for me right so i think making that conscious effort as teams are thinking about what do those days look like when people are in and how do you decide or i decide here's the days of my week for me i'm going to stack up because i have meetings in new york with maybe some of our agencies and some of our you know vendors and some of my people and so it makes it a fully stacked day to be in and fully engaged and hopefully a dinner or lunch with you on that day right so we're in the city and making those worthwhile. And then there's other days I might stack my calendar to really be more of a work from home day. And there are things that I can do with people all over the country and more remote. And then I think the other thing is going to be to continuing to find that right mix of in-person and technology. So that Mm -hmm. if there are people working from home, they're still included and they feel part of it because there's Some worry that some of the people that come in might have an advantage over the people that decide not to come in as much, right? So how do you make sure that as people are sitting in different places that we continue to be inclusive and allow people to bring their full selves to work no matter what the day is and where they're
1: sitting on that particular day? Right. I think what you said about making sure when people come in, whatever the schedule is, because every company is going to do it differently, just making sure that that we're using them. We're connecting them. they're they're in important meetings. And also, I think it's important that the company know who's in every day. Um, some are predicting, Barry, that there will be a bias against those people who remain at home. I mean, we know that that has happened in the past with moms, but versus those who rejoin um, to collaborate in 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 person. How do leaders today, how do we engage and and motivate? Our people, you know, it's it's just really an extension of what we were discussing. But how do we really make sure that we keep people engaged when they come in? I mean, you talked about making sure that we have important meetings. I think check-ins are so important, um, and making sure that people are constantly engaged. Um, I think also, if we're doing great work, I think people are going to want to come in more, particularly the if you're working with creative teams, which you're, which Wells Fargo, of course, and Libby Taylor are doing, I think just feeling that there's inclusivity is so important that people are listening to them when they come in, that they have voice. All of those things, hopefully, um, will help. We have, I'm sure you do too, a number of ERGs, which are have been very successful. But of course, you can you can do those remotely or you can do them in person. But teams are getting so close now. I think they're wanting to come in and, and meet some of the people that they haven't even met before is so important. We have a ton Um, of people that have been hired like me and never been in offices,
0: right? I mean, I've been in some, but we have people that haven't been. So I think, you know, we're looking at evolving our mentorship programs. We have over 5,500 people in the company being mentored. So how do those relationships evolve? And, you know, create those experiences as we get back to events and experiential and in-person team meetings and management meetings and company-wide meetings and town halls. We're hoping to have more of those in person so people can actually meet our senior leadership more in person yeah. as they travel from office to office and spend time in places. And I think that the other piece of this you know, is really creating career maps for people and opportunities for them to experience maybe it's being you know coached by somebody that they haven't worked with or getting on an integrated team on a campaign that could be something mm-hmm. new where they meet people cross-functionally across the organization mm-hmm. so i think making really conscious effort to find that connectivity and find connection points for people that align with where they want to go with their careers in the next year is going to help people really stay engaged. Mm-hmm. And then, as you said, we've got to make it a place where people can bring their full selves to work and people feel safe. And I think if anything, the past couple of years, that empathy and safety and feeling like leaders are looking out for their people. And, you know, mm-hmm. you know, we were back to office and then Omicron hit and we went back to home because it was more important for us to keep our people safe. And I think as mm-hmm. leaders, creating that environment where you can you know have candor and make them feel safe is going to continue because i don't think this is gone forever i think we're going to have in and out and bouts of things in the years to come unfortunately
1: i fear you're right i think empathy kindness listening are all those things that that people need so badly and they need to know that that their company really cares about them but cares about the whole the whole person we were very concerned early on when when the pandemic first started and we could sense that 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 particularly a lot of our young people were having a difficult time you know living in new york city in a 500 square foot apartment can't see parents can't see grandparents we initiated a um a therapist program we had two or three therapists we still actually do who people could call 24 7 if they were in trouble and i you know i just think as leaders we have to be worried about the whole person yeah. You know, just it's not just what they can bring to the office and the great work they're doing, but how are they feeling emotionally? Um, it, all all of those things are so important. So I think empathetic leadership yeah. today is critical. Um, I mean,
0: I love that you're touching on mental health, because I think that's something that's even become during the pandemic. People have been more open with that support. And, you know, we've all had to build more grit and resilience during this time. Um, But that also, to me, you know, means more self-care, right? And it's important for leaders to take that time out to find ways to ground yourself because there is that stress and day in and day out and the overriding health stress and everything else. So I know for me, I try to do more yoga. I'm learning meditation. I'm not great at it, but I'm working at it. You know, sometimes it might mean a hot bath or journaling, but or just even getting outside. I know you're down in Florida right now, you know, walking on the beach or in the woods. It's just finding those outlets too, to keep your own balance is really important for leaders because I just think
1: the drain um, of all of this is, is just intense. I I agree with you. And we all have initiated a number of things Like there are three days during the week where you have to unlock. You just have to get out nobody can can call you. It's um and, and it really works. And we demand that people just unhook and unhinge and just try to just relax. You can take vacation whenever you want. The policy now is if you need a mental health day or any kind of a day, you just do it. We also initiated the Calm app for everybody and they're using it. I find myself using I it love too. That. Yeah. I mean I didn't think I would but um but I am. Anyway, we've heard a lot about the great resignation. I am so tired of the great of hearing about it. Fortunately, Libby Taylor, we've been very lucky we have not seen it. And we've hired over 100 people this year, which is really frightening because many of us haven't even met, even though we try to bring everybody in. um, I mean, offices all over the country in at least four times a year. And everybody loves that. I don't know if, if it's going to continue four times a year depending on them but again just that that feeling of connecting but so the so the the great resignation how do we recruit and retain um and onboard key you know key talent but how do we keep them motivated today and how do we keep them from leaving um because they see career opportunities in other places how do we make sure they see what's going on and at, at our companies and feel that the work is great, that we're winning business, that they're a part of it. We have really enhanced the the team for new business. We have a lot of junior people that well, they always wanted to get involved in the new business process. Now we have many anybody that wants to get involved and they get points for it. Um, and it just again it's that feeling that leadership is not, you know, oh this this remote group of people we're in their face. We are really connecting a lot with them. So I just wondered what, you know, what, what you're thinking. And also how do we, how do we do it fast? Um, So people that feel stretched and are covering for other team members who may have moved on and we're, or we're just trying to fill the gaps because it's so competitive, as you know, the, the, the salaries that people are throwing out there for people the competition is fierce. We're all competing for the same people. So how do we retain talent um, and and really successfully keep it? I mean, I think we've yeah. been discussing it a little bit, but well, I, I think, think dedication to, to diversity and the whole DEI mission is so important for all of us. I mean, doing things that people feel, boy, this, this company has a real purpose is really, really important. Yeah. And then supporting their mental and, and physical well-being, which we just discussed um, is, is so important. And in, we're initiating a lot of employee led activations. If you want to start an ERG, or if you want to do an ask me anything, which I try to do, um, a couple of times, um, a quarter, which is so much fun. You know, what's on your mind, ask me anything. And I, we're encouraging more of our people to do that, particularly our leadership team, just would love to get your thoughts about yeah. really the retention issue.
0: Yeah. So and some the, of the great resignation, about, is it real? Yeah, it is real. Unfortunately, we're seeing more turnover and we're also opening, like you, a lot of positions and hiring a ton of people at Wells Fargo. And so I think, you know, a couple things, like you said, it's, um you know, one is giving people real opportunities to do something different. And I feel like here, you know, we're turning around an iconic American brand and people are excited to join, but the competition is fierce and we're having to be, really are competitive in terms of compensation. Um, We're having to, like you, really focus. Diversity, equity, and inclusion, right, is critical to us as it is to you. And I think for me, the last year, as we've made a lot of hires here, I've made a really conscious effort effort to make sure my leadership team is truly diverse. Um, Every interview slate is diverse in terms of the candidates but also the interviewers so we make sure people feel welcome and really see themselves in our organization and want to join we also have a great program that i'm really proud of that's called the glide program and maureen we know so many women um, have had to leave the workforce for so many different reasons and our glide relaunch program is actually for anyone that's been working for seven years, but out of the workforce for two years or more to help them re-enter. So that's the eligibility. You come in as an intern and then hopefully transition to full-time. So sometimes it's helping us mentor to rebuild some skills that you might have in a gap, but also to make sure we're not looking at that absence as an issue on your resume, but that it's welcome, that we know these times have brought you know, different polls and people have had to be there for children and families and other things. And we don't want to hold that against people. So I think having a definitely open mind about people's resumes and what might have been, you know, a resume gap today is just something that you take into account and say, that's fine, come back in, we're going to welcome you because we know you have those great skill sets. And you know, there's a few technology things we might need to tweak and help you to update on, but we don't want to hold that against you. And I think that's something I'm really proud of as we're looking at those candidates through a different lens and helping them to re-enter where they might have been out of the workforce for several years.
1: Well, I think that's such an important issue because so many women did drop out during COVID. Um, so how how do we make sure that we we through kindness and empathy and have all the things that they need and give them the schedules that they want, how do we bring them back? I see it as a great opportunity for us. We have a lot of women at, at Lippy Taylor. Um so we see this as as a good thing. I think we've really got to lean into into defining what their purpose is as well as the company. what is it that they're what that they're looking for? And just for them to know that they're appreciated um and they're they feel fulfilled in every aspect of their lives, not just, at home, But um, also at, at work. Um, another question, Barry, is how how do leaders really maintain the culture and build teams while working virtually? I mean, it's really hard. There's so many things you can do. But I think we a lot of us got so caught up in, in just trying to do good work, do all the new business that, you know, that that's that's coming our way as an industry um it's it's just it's it's hard so how do we maintain the culture because if you're working remotely because some of the people we hired they don't even know what lippy taylor is they don't know the great company they've just joined or if it's wells fargo so they feel you know they just feel disconnected so how do we really um how do we change the perception of the company how do we build on on the culture um, are there new practices that maybe you've adopted during the pandemic? I think I think many people have and if they haven't they're they're remiss. I think we we just have to change um, how how we look at all people coming into the company, but particularly making sure that that women feel that they belong to a company um, that's that's really important and they yeah. belong to an important culture. I think for yeah. women a culture with purpose is, is just so important. So how do we make sure that their voices are heard in feedback, that they, that they feel listened to, that they, um, they just feel that they're in the right culture? Because I think culture, not only for women, but for men as well is important. Just curious what you're doing to make everybody feel that oh, this is the culture that I have never found before and I'm staying. Because culture will keep yeah. people.
0: Yeah, I, for sure. Um, I think, you know, one of the things I say to leaders is you set the weather every day. And even though we're on Zoom, people can tell when you're in a good mood and your energy is there or when you're not, right? It just, you feel it even through the screen. And sometimes emoting through the screen is even harder, I think, than in person because you don't feed off that energy of others. So I think that's important. Um, I do a lot of skip level meetings with different people. I have breaks with Barry where different people have a chance to meet me and it's like a coffee clutch on Zoom. Um, and connecting people around the world and around the U.S., even on our teams that might not know each other to spend time. And we have casual conversations, a little bit of like the ask me anything so that they can get to know each other and get to know me as a leader and as a person, not just as, you know, somebody that's at the top of the organization. So that's really important. I think that, you know, doing, having our leaders do listening tours, we do a lot of um, employee surveys and focus groups. And really our leadership teams tries to listen to what we're hearing um, and bring some of those things. And sometimes that might be less Zoom meetings. So we actually canceled some meetings last year and said, okay, let's streamline and do less meetings. Um, we tried to do some fun things. And you know, during the holidays had you know carolers where people could bring their families and listen and engage. And we sent cookies to everyone's home and coffee. Um, So that their families could participate in a fun holiday gathering at the end of the year and pets and cats and dogs and everything else, right? And I think seeing that, we've embraced kind of everyone's whole home, if you will, right? It's no longer if a baby cries or a dog barks or whatever. I mean, all of that has shifted. And I think those are good things, right? We're not expecting the perfect and everything is silent and you're suited up anymore. It's like, fine, if you show up in your sweats or one day have a hat on and, You know, I think we've all brought down some of those barriers to being more casual and engaged and seeing people in their full selves. And I hope that doesn't go away. I think that, you know, just because we come back in person doesn't mean you shouldn't expose the people you work with to some of those, you know, pieces of your life that
1: do interrupt your work life every day and will continue to. And that's important. It's very important. To your point, I think people are more connected at companies than they were before and on a, on a more personal level, um, a grandmother passes away. So, you know, I, I heard a statistic that there's over 60,000 children returning to school who have lost a parent. You know, the just again, we were talking about the fear and the uncertainty. It's just there. It's, it's with all of us. I know it's with you. You know, it's with me. We just can't get away from it. So, you know, just bringing that, that, that again, that empathy and that sense yeah. of purpose to the office and the sense of really wanting to know what's happening in your life. How are you really feeling? What's happening at home? All of those things, you know, I don't think we can just say it off often enough. Yeah. I think also onboarding is so important. You know, we've hired so many people that, that are not coming into the office, many in other cities. How do we on, onboard them in a way that they really feel I have just joined something so special I love this company. We, we're doing yearbooks, which are really fun um, each year, hardbound yearbooks with... Oh, I love it. Throwback. <laughs> a real throwback. As you said, those, you know, those, just those initiatives that bring us together, we're just, we're communicating in a way that we never did before. And as you said, I just hope, I hope we keep those things because they're not everything. Um, was fear and loathing with regards to the pandemic. I think a lot of good things have happened as well for people but also for companies as leaders we're also we you and i and and other leaders are are just so stretched trying to maintain our our own morale and our and courage um, and purpose during these unusual times. How do we stay positive and optimistic? What do we, you know, because that's so important. Because if we're not feeling it, it's going to be really hard to, um, to hide it. And transparency is everything today. I mean, we as a company at Libby Taylor, sometimes I think we're too transparent. But it's something that keeps coming back to us that people love. Like anybody in the company, when we have our, our staff meetings, they know exactly what our billings are. They know what we're making. I didn't do that before, but I'm doing it now. And it keeps coming back um, from people saying they just love that the company feels so transparent. But again, what do we do? What do we do for ourselves? What do we do to make sure that we're up and running and and have the resiliency and all the fortitude that we need during these difficult times?
0: Well, I think as we wrap up, I, I would say, you know, stay human. Right. We got to show our vulnerability, our empathy, but just absolutely our full self. And when you, you know, are going through things, I think, as you said, we used to be stoic and just would, you know, everything's fine when it's totally not. And I think part of that transparency is, is being real um, with your people and being more human as we go back. I think that we've all built a certain resiliency and understanding that there's point to point leadership we're not going to have all the answers and i think you know i used to feel like if you didn't have all the answers you were failing as a leader and now it's like how do you move right. forward one step at a time and we're all moving together but admit i don't have all the answers admit some of that you know vulnerability as you're taking them through but also give them confidence that you are leading them forward, and that even without all the answers, we're all going to be fine and creating Mm -hmm. that safety. So I think those are things that presence and that ability to showcase our full selves today is going to continue as we move forward and is going to create that sense of culture. And as people join our departments or companies or agencies, right, is making them feel that that is okay. Um, And that how they show up every day as their full selves is Mm -hmm. what you're hiring and not just the sliver of their persona. So to me, I think that's the good that's coming out of the pandemic. And then I hope we take forward with this next generation um, to make the workforce a little bit more of a supportive environment that people actually want to work in, achieve success in, build their careers in, but also support each other in new ways.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think just saying we we don't have all the answers we're all in this together we're listening to you we want you to give us feedback what are you thinking what do you think we should be doing we like you said earlier we survey and we get so much out of our surveys and then we of course report back to people like what did we hear this is what we heard and this is what we're doing because this is what you said you wanted to hear i just think at a culture that's recently been defined by so much fear and uncertainty we really we as leaders have to inspire Um, we have to continue to inspire inspire and lead and really lead with empathy as we talked about earlier and 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 purpose and try to create a culture a culture as you just said of listening a culture of belonging i feel like i belong to a really really important company that has my back um and if we do that, we can transform ourselves, we can transform our people, um, and we're all as long as we're all together on the journey and everybody feels that we're all together, we're in this together and together, we will get through it and we'll figure it out. Um, we're listening to everything everyone's saying. And, you know, I look forward to it. And I look forward to connecting with you more often because this exchange has been so much fun. We talked a little bit about um you know how everything was going at the office but um I think connecting even with our She Quality group and listening to our She Quality friends and how how they're doing and what the plans are that they're putting in place. I think listening listening's really important. Barry this has been fantastic. It's been great. I can't tell you just to see your face um means a lot to me.
0: Wow, particularly
1: wow. you know during this time. So hopefully we'll be back to work or working remotely or having um, the model where, you know, we'll come in on certain days. It, it, we have so many opportunities and we'll all figure it out together. Wow. Well, thanks, Maureen,
0: for being a role model for so much of my career. It's wonderful to see you and I wish you all the best. And i sure my love. we're
1: going to be together in New York soon. I hope so. We, we've got that dinner planned. I just, we'll make it happen. That's a deal. All right. Bye. You've been listening to the Provoke podcast,
0: brought to you by Provoke Media and produced by the international broadcast specialist, Marketers.